Hello, welcome to Adorn Podcast. This is episode 97, and today we're going to jump back into Matthew. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. so weird and so good at the same time so good I woke up so excited yes and I didn't sleep well because you know baby Baby. (laughs) but I was just like oh this feels so good to get back together and talk about God's word I mean I feel like that's one of the things I've missed the most and just like being together talking about God's word it's Mm -hmm. just I mean there's zoom which is great and all that but I'm just kind of over the virtual ready for the real I'm so over it so over it but there are some good things Oh, yeah. About this season. For for sure. sure. And we realize that not everybody is back to a sense of normalcy yet. We live in the great state of Texas. And so we we're getting there. Um, But if you're still on lockdown, if you're in one of the hot spots, know that we're praying for you. Mm -hmm. And um, we are praying that God just sustains you and gives you perseverance through this and keeps you healthy, keeps your mm-hmm. loved loved ones healthy. Um, but yeah, like Aaron was saying, it hasn't all been bad. So I was thinking we could talk a little bit about one thing from this qu- time of quarantine or isolation that we want to stay the same. And this was my question. And then I got to thinking about it and I was like, oh, one thing. Wow, there's so many things. Mm-hmm. Like if you asked my kids, they would probably say family walks. Mm-hmm. They have loved that. Um, and I've loved it too. Yeah, us too. Um, but probably the big thing that I want to continue is being intentional with the questions that I ask my kids. I am usually pretty good at asking them things and trying to connect with them. But from the beginning of this, I was concerned about like their mental health Mm -hmm. (laughs) through all of this because they're so social yes we homeschool but yes they are very socialized too (laughs) and they love people they love other kids they just love being around people and um we had already switched churches this year and um I feel like things were kind of already topsy-turvy for them and so I was really worried about kind of where they were emotionally and um so I started asking very specific questions questions about like, um, how are you feeling? What are you missing? What do you hope stays the same after this? Mm -hmm. And even questions like, what are you thankful for today? What was your favorite part of today? What do you wish had been different today? You Mm -hmm. know, questions that seem so simple, but really give you a peek inside your kid's heart. I feel like that's something that I want to continue to be intentional about because as we get back into the busyness, which I hope life doesn't go back to the same amount of busyness as it was before. And that's going to take us being intentional with saying no to things. Mm -hmm. But, um, as we get back into a different routine and rhythm, I hope that I continue to ask them those questions that really give me a peek inside their heart. Mm -hmm. And it was so interesting this last weekend at dinner, I asked, 
just simply like, what have you missed during this season? And to hear the different things that they've missed, Lydia said she missed going to the park and like making new friends. Oh, that's so Lydia. And that is so Lydia. And that's something that I have observed over her life since she was like two. Um, But I didn't realize that it really was such an important thing to her. Mm -hmm. And so that was really neat to see. Cadence was talking about how she really misses um, being with friends her own age, but then Mm -hmm. also having friends a little bit older than her to Mm -hmm. mentor her. So she expressed the desire for a mentor in her life. And I was like, that's something we will be actively praying for. And then Mm -hmm. she, she told me that she's trying to be that to the neighbor girls around us. And, so these simple questions have just led to deeper conversations and that's something that I I hope continues yeah. after this. So that's what about really cool. you? That's really cool. Um I agree with what you're saying. I've been trying to make a point of asking telling them that they can ask me anything they want. Yeah. Um cuz a lot of times I'm like don't ask me right now. Don't ask me yes. right now. You uh-huh. know like I'm working, I'm at home working with them home now, not at school. It just a lot of different times where I'm like in the middle of something. I'm like, just ask me later, just ask yep. me later. So when we put them to bed, I've been trying to make an effort. You know, I'm tired. It's been a long day, but I've been trying to just like sit there and let them ask me mm-hmm. whatever they want. And the other night they were asking me all these questions about the Trinity and why do we call Jesus the son if he was there with God at creation? Mm-hmm. And is God Good really question. his father? And like, all. Oh, and I was like, wow, I thought you were going to ask me like, where do cotton candy come from? Like, you know what I mean? Like I didn't realize we were going to go there, but this is great. And so I ended up ordering a book that I've heard a million people Mm -hmm, reference mm -hmm. delighting, delighting, delighting in the Trinity, Trinity. yeah, Yeah. by Michael Reeves. And, um, so I'm reading it and they want to read it with me. So I'm like telling them the highlights of it. So that's been really cool. So asking them questions, but also letting them ask me questions. Yeah. But I think another thing that I don't want to change and I've been feeling really convicted about for years, but just never made the time for it is to, to really, um, understand and, and move on the fact that we live in our house, in our neighborhood for a reason and Mm -hmm. to like be intentional with those relationships. I've always just like made excuses like, Oh, I have enough friends or, you know, I try to tell people about God when I work out at the gym or whatever it is. And really just when I get home, I go in and I shut the garage door and I've never really I've always felt convicted about it, but never really done anything about it. And so we've been able to spend a lot of time, um, with our neighbors. Um, you know, in the beginning it was kind of hard cause it was like, how do we do we socially distance our kids? Yeah. This is kind of weird. Yeah. But now that we're coming out of it, like it's just been really good. And we've had some really good conversations with the neighbors, but also with the kids, um, the neighbors, kids. And so it's just been a good chance to like, it's not awkward, right? Like we're all in the same boat. We're all stuck at home. We might as well talk to each other while we're here. So I think that's another thing that, um, I want to keep the same Mm -hmm. is to really just ask the Lord, like help us to cultivate these relationships that we, you know, said we were too busy for before all of this. Yeah. It's been the same for us. We even, that's something that God convicted us of at the very first of the year. We had these big bushes in front of our front window and we even tore down the bushes Mm -hmm. because we felt like we needed to do something physically to say like, okay, we're open. Like we want to get to know those around us. And it has been such a blessing Mm -hmm. to get to know the sweet, sweet families around us and to see the kids interact and make new friends and for them to have had someone during this time um, to talk to and to be there even. Even if, you know, during those few weeks, it was just through the fence. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just been very sweet. And I do think about that. I think about how God put us in this house at this time 
with these people around us. Mm -hmm. Like that's where we're supposed to really, um, invest and like build community. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, that's been a cool thing too. And I've heard other people say that too. And I think sometimes I think, okay, this is a time to kind of get back to the basics. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's been cool. Yeah, it's good. So what are we going to do to finish Matthew? So we have been praying about what, what's the best way to do this? How are we going to try to fit the rest of Matthew in this short period of time? What's it going to look like? Um, and so what we decided to do, what we landed on, which I think is a pretty cool idea. Hopefully you guys will agree. <laughs> is so. to, um, we're going to do two episodes finishing out Matthew. And we decided to just pick two um, what we think are really like big points mm-hmm. um, that we can really dive deep into because we thought about maybe just kind of summarizing all of the rest of it but then it would be you know kind of a more of a surface level Mm -hmm. so instead you know how we like to do we like to just dive deep into certain passages so what we did was we're going to walk through the transfiguration today um, and dive deep into that talk about that um, and then we're going to next week talk about the great commission and how the end of the gospel of Matthew um, sends us Mm -hmm. on mission so we thought that that's how we would finish we would kind of summarize a little bit and then dive deep into two points that we think are just big points in the in the story of Matthew. Yep. Love it. I'm excited about it. We wanted to go ahead and take off the summer like we had planned, even though we've had a little bit of a break. We have some really exciting things planned for the fall. Mm-hmm. And so we're taking off the summer to really prepare for those really well. Um, so why did we pick the Transfiguration? Um, well, we were just thinking like, where are some good places to, to dive in? And we, we know a lot of stories from Matthew. Like if, you know, if you've grown up in the church, or if you've been reading any of the gospels, there's a lot of recurring themes and a lot of recurring stories. And so there's lots of parts of Matthew that you might be familiar with. But even though Casey and I grew up in the church and grew up reading our Bibles, the transfiguration is still something that we're both kind of like, I don't really feel too perfect familiar with that and so we thought that would be a good place for us to kind of jump in why else did we pick up yeah it was funny because when Aaron texted or boxed me and was like hey what do you think about the transfiguration I just laughed because I'd literally listened to it like that morning (laughs) when I was just listening through the rest of Matthew and I was kind of like yeah, I don't know about that passage and kind of just skipped on. Like, I just was like, "Ah, I don't understand it. You know, like, let's think about something we know about. And I was like, okay, God, like, I guess this is what we need to do. So I started listening to some sermons and, um, you know, I love R.C. Sproul and he has a really good sermon on this. And I liked the way that he kind of summarized what the transfiguration is. He said, people think that the transfiguration is a temporary epiphany of the true identity of Jesus, but really it's a taste of heaven. Mm -hmm. And so I thought that gives us a little bit of perspective, like going into Mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. of possibly what God was trying to show us through the transfiguration. Hmm. I like that. That's good. So can you try to recap us to where we are, where we're jumping in um, since we left off what has happened? Yeah. Yeah. So we left off after Jesus told the par- parable of the sower, the weeds, the mustard seed, the leaven, and the hidden treasure. And then he was rejected at Nazareth. So that was the last episode that we had recorded. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, kind of between um, 
verses, I mean, chapters 13 and 17, we see Jesus perform many miracles. He feeds the 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. He walks on water. He heals many. He feeds the Mm 4,000 with seven loaves and a few small fish. And so we see him perform all these miracles. And for the longest time, like, I didn't realize there were two different accounts of Uh him feeding the 5,000 and the 4,000. Isn't that funny? Because we, like, just pick on the one Mm -hmm. and then we're like, oh, wait, he did that again. I know. It's crazy. And just a word of encouragement, if you're wanting to build your faith, like if you're struggling in your faith, I want to challenge you to study these miracles that Jesus Mm -hmm, did, mm -hmm. because we talked about before these miracles weren't necessarily to convert people. Mm -hmm. These miracles were to increase the faith of believers. And I think that they can still do that today. Last Mm -hmm. summer, um, we really felt like God was calling us to make these very big decisions in our life. And I remember telling Jonathan, I remember saying the words like, no, that's impossible. Like Mm -hmm. we can't do that and survive. That's that it's impossible. And then the very next day, or maybe even a, a week later, I was reading through Matthew to prepare for this series. And I came to the feeding of the 5,000 and it says, you know, what was impossible Mm -hmm. Jesus did. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh God, that's so cool. And then I kept reading and then the account Mm -hmm. is told again, like a a whole different story of, of Jesus doing this again. Mm -hmm. And I was like, like I said, I didn't even know it was in there twice. And then when I read it again in this particular season of my life, it was like God saying like, no, like I do the impossible. Mm-hmm. Casey, I do the impossible. Like that new song, right? Since when has impossible yes, ever stopped exactly, you? Yes, exactly. Exactly. And just like a matter of days later, mm-hmm. God did do the impossible yeah. in our lives. Yep. I watched I mean, it. It's the, pretty cool. The impossible. And so this passage just is so sweet to me mm-hmm. and such a sweet reminder of that season. Um, and it really, like I said, helped build my faith. And I yeah. saw this miracle in the Bible happen twice. And then a very similar thing happen in, in my life personally. So, mm-hmm. so cool. So, so cool. So, cool. Um, so tell us kind of where we're ending in chapter 16, right before the transfiguration. So yeah, right where we jump in, what, what had just happened was, um, he, Jesus had just foretold of his death and then he's telling his disciples that they need to take up their cross and follow him. So he's kind of giving them a taste of what's to come. Like, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to die on, a, on the cross. You understand kind of, Peter kind did of not don't like it. understand. <laughs> yeah. There's this whole like weird interaction where Jesus calls Peter, Peter Satan, Satan. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a whole nother thing that we don't have time to get into. <laughs> but basically what we're coming off of is him telling, foretelling his death and then telling them to be a disciple means to take up your cross and to follow him. And I think it's important that we remember this isn't just about like daily sacrifices mm-hmm. because it's easy, easy to say like, take up your cross daily, which, which is a good thing. Like we need to remember that as we're sacrificing for our kids and the people mm-hmm. we love. But Jesus here was like literally talking about potential martyrdom. Like mm-hmm. he was talking about laying down your life yeah um and so I think that's important to just remember like the gravity of what he was saying here Mm -hmm. all right so let's start with verses one and two after six days Jesus took Peter James and his brother John and led them up high on a mountain by themselves he was transfigured in front of them and his face shone like the sun his clothes became as white as light so this word you know how we love to bring it back to the original wording this word trans figure or transfigured um, in verse two actually comes from the word metamorpho. 
I had to write it out how it sounds because I listened to it a bunch of times because it sounds different than it's written. But metaphor, meta, now I can't <laughs> even do it. Metamorpho, which sounds like metamorphosis, right? Uh-huh. And it was funny because when I was looking up like the definition of it, it's, it says to change into another form, to transform or transfigure. I'm like, that's not a very good definition. <laughs> like that sounds like you're it using the word it the in the definition. Word. That's yeah. not helpful. Yeah. But um, basically Christ's appearance was changed. And um, I read this. It said that this was on Blue Letter Bible as well. It says that he with divine brightness. Mm. I thought that was kind of um, a fun thing that we see. We see a lot um in the gospels, but in specifically in John, we see this light and darkness, yes. light and darkness mm-hmm. and, and echoing all the way back to Genesis. Right. Yeah. And, and so we see this divine brightness or light on Jesus. Yeah. I heard another definition is, um, trans means to go across mm. and Sproul was saying what border was crossed during mm. this. It was a transition from the natural to the supernatural from heaven, um, from human to the divine. Mm. So it was this, like you were going across and then to go with kind of what Aaron said about this divine brightness. I also heard an added degree of glory. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So I thought this was really interesting when I was doing some research on this word specifically. It's only used four times in in scripture, and two of them are for this account. It's used in this, and then I think it was in Mark's Mark, account yeah. as well. Um, but the other two times it's listed, I thought this was super interesting. The other two times it's used is in Romans twelve two, where it says, "Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed." Is the same word that's used here as transfigured. That is so cool by the renewing of your mind, so that you can prove what is good, acceptable, perfect will of God. So I thought that was really mm-hmm. interesting because I think a lot of times we hear that verse and we don't think the same transfigure no. like transform seems like maybe slower or like less change whereas transfigure yeah. seems like entirely different or even like a more of like a human transformation right. but this right. can you can think of it as like a divine transformation yeah. like yeah. a supernatural transformation and then the other time it's used you all know this is one of my very favorite verses because i quote it on here all the time but second corinthians three eighteen, where it says but we all with open face beholding as in oh this is an interesting translation i've never heard in the glass of glory <laughs> what translation is i don't know it? i just copied and pasted <laughs> it from blue letter bible that's so interesting. Okay, but that's not where it's used anyway. So <laughs> you guys know the verse because we use it on here all the time. Yeah. But we're, we're being transformed into the image of the glory of God by one degree. Uh-huh. This I, Now I want to know what translation this is because this glory is so different. Glory. But yeah. anyways, that where it says that we are being changed or transformed into the same image is that, that word transfigured, yeah. which actually really echoes the transfiguration, which I had never really... Yeah, from glory to glory. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. It's so neat when you put things together like that. Okay, so verses three and four. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. So some research I was research why do I keep saying research like this is a research project or something I'm, I've lost it guys I'm a little rusty so um as I was studying for this I read um what what this could symbolize that it was Moses and Elijah being there and one commentator said that 
Moses represents the law and Elijah represents the prophets and that Jesus is saying, I am fulfilling both the law and the prophets and I am the Messiah that both of these things, the law and the prophets were pointing yeah. to. Um, as I, I have a Spurgeon Bible and one of the commentaries in that Bible was saying that the disciples knew that a Messiah was coming because Moses and Elijah had pointed uh-huh. to it. Yeah. And so Jesus is saying everything you look to, like you, you put Moses on a pedestal, you put Elijah on a pedestal because of what God had done through them. And in the story of, you know, in God's story, but it's me, like it's me mm-hmm. that they're pointing to. And so I thought yeah. that was really interesting because it does seem kind of random, right? Like if you're not super familiar with, and to be honest, I'm not super familiar with Elijah. Like I want to go no, and study I'm not him either. More. I was kind of thinking the same thing as I was listening to this. And so it seems kind of strange to me like, oh, I understand why Moses would be there. Like the Exodus, I understand how God used him and you know, like how the law and all of that. But even Elijah, I'm like, but I don't really understand Elijah, but that's because I'm not super familiar with yeah. it. These, the disciples would have Oh, they been. would have been. And so yeah. They instantly would have recognized, oh, the one Elijah prophesied about, oh, that's you. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was funny because I was listening to a teaching by Ina Carruth from The Village. She was talking about this and she asked the same question that your dad asked on our Ask Us Anything Mm -hmm. um, episode. He asked, how did they know it was Moses and Elijah? Mm -hmm. And she was like, she said, I don't know how they knew. Let's just move forward. (laughs) Like... We talked a little bit about Instagram, you know, like where they were Instagram. (laughs) So we don't know how they knew for sure that it was it was them, but somehow they did. So (laughs) one thing that was brought out that I thought was really cool was that Moses finally put his foot on the surface of the promised land. Mm. I just thought that was Mm. just something that's kind of sweet, you know, to think about. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. Move on to verses six. No, five. Five. <laughs> five and six. Five. Five and six. <laughs> he was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. So, this was really interesting that I never really picked up on this, but only twice in the Gospels do we hear a voice directly from heaven. And the first was at Jesus' baptism, right? Saying pretty much the same thing, right? It was mm-hmm. the same thing. Yes. And then yeah. um, the second time is right here. And so is this very um, big moment. Like Casey said, sometimes we just kind of read through the transfiguration. We don't really understand the significance of it. So we just kind of move on. But we see that, you know, at the baptism was kind of the inauguration as we talked about when we talked about Jesus' baptism, it was the inauguration of his ministry. And so now what is, what is this symbolizing here? What, what is this big moment? And one of the um, things I read about this was it's kind of this halfway junction. It's kind of this halfway between his, um, baptism in the story of his ministry and then his death. So it's mm-hmm. kind of almost like, here's the next chapter, like, you know, chapter one, yeah. start yeah. the ministry. Now we're moving into chapter two where he just foretold his death. And so we're kind of moving towards resurrection. It's mm-hmm. kind of this, this, this halfway point in, in the story of the gospels. Yeah. I heard that when God is heard to speak audibly in the new Testament, it is to authenticity. Authenticate, authenticate authenticate the identity of Jesus. So, I mean, we always want to listen to God, but he had yeah. a very specific purpose mm-hmm. for speaking mm. um, to tell us who his son is. Yeah. So they had heard this voice before by the Jordan River. And um, when God says, listen to him, this could have been to get Peter's attention because Peter was kind of preoccupied with mm. building these tents. Mm-hmm. And 
the reason Peter, there's several commentators have different opinions about why Peter was talking about building these tents. Some people say Sproul, when I listened to his sermon, he said it was probably because Peter like wanted to just stay in that glory forever. Mm. He was like, let's build tents. Let's stay here. We're not <laughs> going back to where we came from because this is too good. It's oh, talking about like that, that future glory, that yeah, glimpse of, of heaven. heaven yeah. yeah. Um, other commentators say that it could have to do with like some Jewish customs mm. um, surrounding like end times mm. and what they believe the end times were going to be. So maybe Peter thought, oh, this is the end. Mm. We got to do this thing. But either way, he was kind of preoccupied with these tents. So it could be that God was trying to get his attention Um And it also could be that God was reiterating what Jesus had just told them about his impending death and resurrection. Mm -hmm. Because like we were talking about briefly earlier, when Jesus told Peter that, Peter was not happy about Mm -hmm. it. And he was just like, quit saying that, Jesus, quit. Mm -hmm. But God's saying, listen to him. Mm -hmm. Like, this is my son, and you need to listen to what he's saying because what he's saying is true. Mm -hmm. That's such a good word for us, right? Like, we're so preoccupied with building our things or, you know, serving. And because in one way, you could even argue, well, Peter was trying to serve, oh, he right? Was. And yeah. so we can yeah. often excuse ourselves like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't really have time to sit and just be with God because I'm doing so many things mm-hmm. for him. And God's like, just listen. Man, I liked that word. in um, Jordan's sermon this past week when he said, do the little things and mm-hmm. let Jesus handle the big yeah. things. And I think that speaks to this really, really well. Like we are, we're so focused on all the things, all the things, all the mm-hmm. things. And we just need to do that next step, that yeah. next, the next right thing is, as preach um, it frozen too. For Frozen too says, you know, but Elizabeth <laughs> Elliot also said that when you said that on your and yours and Taylor's episode, I'm like, Elizabeth Elliot says that Aaron, it's Beth Elizabeth Moore Elliot. said that Beth too. Moore she said, said that's too. where she is now because she just kept doing the <laughs> yes, next right. Exactly. Thing, so, and it may yeah. seem little, it may be like you said, like sitting outside and talking to your neighbors. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the next thing right. and it's important. Right. So moving on. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down and were terrified. Jesus came up and touched them and said, get up, don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one but Jesus alone. And we hadn't planned on stopping right here, but I just feel like I need to say that again. Like Jesus, he came up and he touched and he put their hand on them. For some reason, every night when Abby's prays before bed, I think she must have picked this up at school or maybe she just came up with it on her own. But every night she prays and she says, Lord, the people who need it, just put your hand on them. And I'm like... I don't know where she, but she's like, put your hand on them. And that's so sweet. And I've never really like thought about like the, you know, laying hands like that. kind So I don't have strong feelings about that. So this is not, I'm not like (laughs) preaching that or saying that's wrong or anything like that. But the point is like, it tells us it has that in there. It doesn't just say Jesus came up and said, it says Jesus came up and he touched them and he said, don't be afraid. And like, I I want to feel that nearness. to be touched by Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And then he doesn't say, okay, you're being dumb or Mm -hmm. didn't you hear what God said? He said, listen to me. But what he does is he comforts them and he says, don't be afraid. Yeah. Man, that's good. Yeah. When they looked up and they saw only Jesus, I think that that's a reminder that he alone is divine and he's the only one that remains. Mm-hmm. You, They had seen Elijah and Moses there too, but then they were afraid and they looked down and Jesus touched them and said, do not be afraid. And when they looked up, it was just Jesus there. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's just a good reminder to keep our eyes focused on yeah. Jesus. Yeah, that's really He's good. He's the Be- only one that remains. Yeah, because I think a lot of times in this time, but also 
in a different way kind of us today like we might look to the law like we might say okay the law is what I need to do I need to live up to the law yeah and this is where my I'm gonna you know find salvation in Jesus like no the law like mm-hmm. I have come it fades I have come and I'm the only one that stands yeah, and That's speaking good. to that a little bit, in Sproul's sermon, he was talking about, so if you're familiar with the story of Moses up on Mount Sinai when mm-hmm. he comes down, his face was shining, yeah. and they they were afraid of him. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a similar feeling, but the difference is that Moses' face was shining because of a reflection of lo- the glory of God. Mm-hmm. So it was like a reflected, a reflected refracted <laughs> glory, and Aaron actually talked about this some on um last week's episode about, um, the moon being mm-hmm. a reflection of the mm-hmm. sun. And so that's kind of what Moses was. He was, he was a reflection mm-hmm. of God. And, but even that refracted glory was enough to put terror into all mm-hmm. that beheld it. So if we think about the glory of Jesus, the glory of Jesus is not a reflection. The source of the light is in him. Mm-hmm. And so I can't even think about like, how fearful, you know, that would have been to see this light and hear this voice and all of the things. But just remembering that Jesus is the source of that light. And Mm -hmm. like Aaron was saying on the, on the episode before, like we need to be a reflection of that Mm -hmm. to others around us. Yeah, that's good. All right. So picking up, um, we'll finish with verse nine and it says, as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, don't tell anyone about the vision until the son of man is raised from the dead. Why do you think, why do you think he told them not to why do you think he did that? I don't know. I think that's confusing. And he had just said in 16, he had said something similar mm-hmm. to that. And it's like, why wouldn't Jesus want people to to know about mm-hmm. this? We've talked about that a little bit too with like the healings, right? Yes, like when you heal someone exactly. and it's like, don't tell. And don't he's tell. like, you know, they're going to go tell people <laughs> yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, so Ina Carruth in her teaching said that it was possibly because if people heard about this and if people understand understood his true glory like they wouldn't have crucified him I thought that was really interesting I don't think I've ever heard that that before but they said that if if everybody really truly knew and Hmm. understood who he was and understood his divinity and his glory then they wouldn't have put him to death interesting I thought that was really interesting Hmm. so yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what You're else? processing what else about? it. So I think um, it's kind of like, okay, we think now what's, what's kind of the takeaway from mm-hmm. the transfiguration. I really liked how Sproul su- summed up his sermon at the end of it. He said the transfiguration changed the men that were there, um, because they beheld this glory. They saw this taste of heaven and they lived with a passion for God's kingdom. After that, Peter, James, and John, I mean, you see them, um, he's called, they are called kind of the A team, you know, and they were <laughs> on fire and Peter, is a huge part in the book of Acts and he goes on and does such amazing things for Mm -hmm. God. And, um, part of that passion was probably fueled from this experience. Mm -hmm. And we weren't there at the transfiguration. (laughs) Erin has some FOMO because she wasn't (laughs) a part of all of these Bible events. Um, but we weren't Um. there. But we're reading this account, Mm -hmm. this true account from the word of God. And so are we going to live with that same passion Mm -hmm. and that same desire for God's kingdom? Like the Lord's prayer says, your kingdom come, your will be done done on earth as Mm -hmm. it is in heaven. Mm -hmm. Are we going to live 
with that same kind of passion. Let's talk about that for a second. Like, what do you think that looks like uh, on a Tuesday morning while you're doing the dishes or while you're out front playing with your kids? Like, how do, how does this experience, like you're saying they're changed. So like, how does it change those everyday moments? I think for me, it's just continuing to look like Jesus as much as possible. And I'm not talking about shining like a bright light like and growing a cool glowing, beard. <laughs> growing a cool beard, <laughs> you know, my clothes glowing. <laughs> I'm talking about like the sanctification that we've talked about a lot, thinking about the attributes of God, the mm-hmm. attributes of Jesus and striving to have more of that patience and compassion and kindness mm-hmm. and um, love and, and just all the things I think that um, just remembering who Jesus is and remembering his glory and trying to reflect that in our own lives. It might, it might look like lingering a little bit longer outside with your kids and, um, letting them spend time doing what they really enjoy doing. It might mean when they have another scratch for the third time that day and they're crying about it and wanting a Mm band-aid like actually stopping and showing them compassion and mercy Mm -hmm. and realizing that yes they're not bleeding no it probably isn't really hurting them but they it's something that's important to them Mm -hmm. and um their love from their mommy means something to them Mm -hmm. um listening to your friend's story that they've told you 10 times already, but they think it's funny. And (laughs) I mean, there's, there's example after example, but for me, a lot of that has to do with patience. Mm -hmm. Um, For you, it might be something else, Mm -hmm. but just trying to reflect those, those qualities Mm -hmm. of Jesus. What, what do you think? I think, um, I mean, I totally agree with what you're saying, but I just keep coming back to the fact of like we talked about with Moses. And then also I read in studying for this, like the fact that Moses and Elijah were there and that they were also glowing, um, is they were glowing because they were in the presence of God in heaven. And so it's, they're reflecting still Mm -hmm. that same. And so I think I like to kind of think of it that way. Like, are we not like, are we glowing, but is what we're reflecting, you know, like we talked about in the episode last week, like, are we reflecting Christ and not for the sake of look at me and look at how I'm glowing, but for the sake of being able to point that back to Jesus. And this is something that's been on my heart a lot lately is like how to, to do that in the world, not, you know, not just in our own little Christian bubbles, but, um, uh, one of the women in our church, she shared, and I thought these like were super helpful points. And she was just saying like, if anybody says something to me, like, wow, how are you so patient? Or how are you so kind? Or, you know, like if your kids, after you sit there and you help them and they're like, they might not ask you, mom, why do you love me so much? Or why are you giving me another <laughs> yeah. band-aid? But anytime somebody gives you a chance, like point that back mm-hmm. to God, like, oh, well, I'm only gracious because of the grace that's been given to me. And, you know, there's natural ways to say that. I don't think it might feel kind of weird and forced the first few times, but I thought that was just such an easy, practical mm-hmm. way to live with that passion in a way that's you're growing to be more like Jesus, but in that growth, you're pointing it back to Jesus, mm-hmm. not just to your own growth. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of, kind of one thing that I'm thinking is like, I want people to look at me and be like, why is she so shiny? Right. You know? why, why is she different? Yeah. Why is she different? Yeah. Yeah. I think about that a lot just in the way like we interact with our kids or our spouse. Mm-hmm. Like you want people to see a difference. You mm-hmm. want them to see that joy like radiating yeah. from you and they'll, they'll ask you why. And mm-hmm. then that's your chance to yeah. give God the glory. Yeah. That's so, good. good. Awesome. I'm glad we talked about this. 
Yeah. Oh, me too. <laughs> me too. I was so excited. Like I came in from listening. I was listening to the sermon on my walk and I came in and I was just like talking Jonathan's ear off. About it. I was like, and this and this. And he's like, whoa, <laughs> like, I was just so excited. Yeah. I think more than anything, I was excited to be like preparing yeah, to, to do a, a podcast yeah. again. So yeah. So if you want to, you're welcome to, like Casey said, she listens to scripture when she walks. That's a really good way to kind of be able to process it in a different way. But we're going to be jumping back in in Matthew 28. But if you want to kind of know what goes on between now and then, you can read a couple or listen to a couple chapters a day. And then you'll be ready for when we jump in next week. Yep. See ya next See ya. week. <laughs> hear ya. No. Hear ya. No. You'll, you'll hear, hear us, us. Oh next my. week. <laughs> If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes, and most importantly, share with a friend. The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Cobbs.